0: My name is Ryan Miller, and for the past 15 years I've helped hundreds of people to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. If you're serious about raising money, launching your business, or taking your life to the next level, this show will give you the answers so that you too can enjoy your pursuit of making billions. Let's get into it. Have you ever pitched investors, got them excited only to find out that closing out an investment round into your company took way too long? Well, in this week's episode of Making Billions, I'm going to share with you how to set up a data room. This is a strategy used by some of the best founders and fund managers to accelerate due diligence and to close investors faster so that you can get well on your way in your pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and today I'm going to walk you through my opinion on the best ways to build a data room. See so getting this right means you can speed up an investors' due diligence process on you and your opportunity, ultimately resulting in a tighter schedule and a faster closing on fundraising. When I speak with new investors or fund managers or entrepreneurs, I'm surprised to learn the concept of data rooms is relatively new. Why don't we start with the basics? Then we can get into the heart of the matter on how to build one out. So the first question I get asked is what is a data room? So a data room is essentially a central uh, repository like Google Google Drive or Dropbox, where you have all of your critical documents that pertain to your fund or your startup. So the goal of a data room is just to, to provide that centralized spot where you have all the information investor needs to complete their research on you and ultimately arrive at the critical decision whether to invest or not. So the next question I get asked is, when do you grant access to a data room? So typically the data room is the next logical step after you've pitched an investor. See, this means that after you go through the work to set up a meeting, pitch the investor with your pitch deck, you will get investors that are interested and some that'll just drop off. So for those that are interested, the next step for them is to get access to your data room. So this is the point in your journey where things begin to get serious. So this junction... You're about to open the kimono and reveal all your business forecasts, legal documents, in-depth bios, tax filings, and more. When I get to this point in my journey, I like to get my potential investors to just sign an NDA so that by doing that, they are granted access to my data room. The next question I get asked is, what are some good providers of data rooms? Well, it depends. If you're on a tight budget, you can just use Google Drive, SharePoint, Dropbox. Those are usually fine for like 90% of people. Well, there are better uh, options out there with more security, these are the cost-effective tools. But as I mentioned, there are some trade-offs. And those trade-offs are that some of these free tools lack maybe some controls that may or may not be necessary. But um, those controls that you typically see that some people want is just to limit access to certain people accessing information that they don't need. For the sake of this conversation, let's just assume for now that this really isn't a big issue for most of you. But for the few of you that this is an issue and you want a little more controlled process, there are providers out there that claim to support this area for pretty nominal fee. So, one provider in this area that does show some promise is digify.com, D I G I F Y.com. Uh, this company, they offer digital rights management as well as other services, including a virtual data room, for about four bucks a day, uh, and they'll host all of that for you. So, really, let's get into the heart of the matter. What are the folder structures that you build into your data room? Well, I have nine. The folder structures that I like to see in the data room are one, due diligence, two, investor presentations, three, team biographies, four, track record, five, investment memos, six, references, seven, legal documents, eight, operations and policies, and finally, folder number nine is financials. So the next logical question is, now that I have those folders, what do I put inside? Let's go through each one step-by-step. The first folder that we address is due diligence. In the due diligence folder, you want to include items here that highlight your research process that you go through to make an investment. I have a due diligence checklist for mine or investment key criteria. So in there, you just want to highlight the rigor that you go through in order to arrive at a, we are going to invest, whether it's OpEx or CapEx in your company or any type of buy box, whatever that is, you want to show that you guys take any deployment of capital very seriously. And you just want to illustrate the process that you have to deploy capital. The next thing that, uh, that you want to put in place is folder number two, which is investor presentation. So in this folder, you want to include your pitch deck. And really what you're trying to do is you want to ensure to the investors that your strategy here is clear. This is where your pitch book, um, your flip book, your one pager, whatever visual presentations that you have, you want to put them here. This opens up to the third folder, which is team biographies. Now, this one's pretty simple. It's just a background on you, other partners, founders, advisors, board of directors, anybody that uh, really has some influence in your company. You want to illustrate their backgrounds here to give the investors a good idea of kind of the, the governing influence that is going to affect the, their return on investment. To keep it simple, you just want a list of the founders, maybe some early investors, some industry thought leaders, your board of advisors, anybody around there. Just have that broken out for uh, the investors to clearly understand, as I like to say, who's who in the zoo. Really, you're just looking for anyone who can speak to the investment acumen of the team. Folder number four, track record. It's pretty simple. It's just a background of your past investments or startups. If that exists, go ahead and put those in here. Um, you're really trying to highlight uh, if you are a seasoned professional and you have a track record of returning investment back to investors with some actual impressive returns, this is where you want to include your track record of success just to further help them to understand what is your background in this area and are you competent and experienced. Folder number five investment memos. Really, you can call it investment memos. That's more on the fun side. But here, all you're trying to do is you're creating a section where if you have off the table financing, like special lease agreements, or anything that doesn't quite fully show up in the financial statements or the legal docs, any special terms for special investors, there's a lot of special things going on in this folder. So you really just want to illustrate to the investors, are there other side deals that maybe might surprise me later on on down the road. You definitely don't want to surprise your investors and they don't want to be surprised. So full disclosure is critical. I would say just a good idea here is just to explore with your attorney as far as what you need to disclose, if anything at all. And in fact, while we're talking about it, talk to your attorney about this entire thing, just to make sure that it's sound and your idea and your interpretation of a data room. Just make sure that you get buy-in from your attorneys as far as what to disclose. I lean more on the side of full disclosure, maybe over-disclosure. I just I don't like my investors to be surprised by anything. Folder number six is references. Here, it's pretty simple. Anyone that's invested in you that can speak to you or your team, your knowledge, really anything, um, you really want uh, your potential investors to get a good sense of what it is that you're doing and really build that 360 view on you and your team and maybe your business, your opportunity that you're presenting, really give them a good sense. Folder number seven, legal documents. This is the fun part that the lawyers like to dive in. This really just outlines, think of it like the uh, rule book to a board game. They just want to understand how points are being scored. What are the rules of the game? The lawyers are going to figure all of that out by disclosing all of your legal documents. So this is where you put articles of incorporation, any other legal background checks, uh, anything like that. If you're a fund manager, this is where you put your PPM, your LPA, your subscription documents, et cetera. So really, this is all the legal binding things that are in this agreement that you need them to sign and their lawyers to sign this is the part where you put all of those documents in there for them to do their legal due diligence on you and this opportunity. So the better you are at disclosing these things and making it very clear, the faster you can see that their lawyers can get things done and you can close out your round. Folder number eight operations and policies. See, this is a good place where when you have policies, so for example, a big uh, push right now is ESG or diversity things. Any of those policies that you have in place that you're quite proud of, Um, disclose those. It really helps the investor to understand the culture and the spirit of the company and the opportunity. So this is a really great place to showcase some of those policies of here's what we're about, here's what we're not about, here's what we value, here's what we don't value. This is really a good place to showcase the spirit of the deal, the spirit of the company, the culture of the company. This is really just meant to be a consolidated document to support their due diligence. This can include uh, other items in your company as far as how do you hire, how do you fire, how do you recruit, any of those different policies, processes, all of those things that govern uh, the investment opportunity. Those do matter to some investors. And so if you're able to disclose those and really show your values, your mission, your culture, your your opportunities, and how you like to do business. I think this really does help. And then finally, number nine is financials here you want to include really two things any past financials so if you've been operating a little while show your financials audited is better if they're not audited make sure that that's very clear Um, so you want to show any past financials uh, quality of earnings reports uh, if you want to go that far and and disclose those and then on the other side is forward-looking financial statements as well so this is where you put your financial model we call those pro forma financial statements basically you know I have the rule of thumb that you don't want to exceed more than 10 years of financials. Really, five should be enough. But if you want to go, don't go any more than 10 years. I mean, this is really just your best guess. Now, as an investor and, and a founder and a funder myself, I know that financial models are really just your best guess. Now, as an investor, I can say what I'm looking for is that just helps me to see what you see in the world. That helps me to understand what your assumptions are, and that's what I'm really looking for, is saying, okay, these are the numbers, but what assumptions led to you arriving at those numbers? That's what I'm really looking for. So I want to understand what are your assumptions, and the best a little tip that I like to see personally, in my opinion, is I want to know, are you overly optimistic, overly pessimistic, or are you giving me base case? In fact, the best performance that I like to see showcase best case, base case, and worst case scenario. That really helps me understand not only what are your assumptions, but how good or bad could this investment go? I want to know on your worst day, if you really are just barely limping along, can we still make money? Show me your worst case scenario. And if we really knock it out of the park, and I'm I hope that you do. What is the best case scenario? So really help round out uh, your assumptions for the investor. So hopefully at this point, you can now see my opinion on how having a data room ready to go when you begin fundraising can help you stay sane while ensuring your investors stay informed. The better you are at providing information to your investors up front, the faster your round can close in the back end finding investors, and closing your fundraising round are all critical skills we need in our pursuit of making billions. What a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. And make sure to come back for our next episode, where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.